You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. This podcast is presented by the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, telling Oklahoma stories through its people since 1927. Follow them online at oklahomahof.com and definitely on Instagram at oklahomahof. Let's get into today's episode. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. Mike Hoon here, your host, back with another episode down at the Oklahoma Hall of Fame today. Talk about, I guess, being an editor-in-chief, magazines. I, today I found out that it's not editor-in-chief. I thought of it. That's what I thought it was, but it's actually editor-in-chief. Uh, my guest today is Julie Parton, who is editor-in-chief of 405 Magazine, which everybody knows. Um, I've had the pleasure of being in it a few times, which is really nice. My mum is super proud of me for being in it and always loves when I send her a copy. So shout out, mum, if you're listening. Uh, one of the many, many people I should say that is listening, I think, I hope. Who knows? Uh, but my guest today is big in the magazine world in Oklahoma City. Uh, but we're not going to talk about that to start. We're going to talk about... Where you grew up, and um, in my notes says you went to Bigsby High School. I did go to Bigsby High School, yeah. but I grew up. First of all, thank you for having me. Pleasure. I'm really excited to be here. I'm a fan of this podcast, thank you. and it's exciting to be a guest. I uh, looked up some of your past interviews, mm-hmm. and you've had a lot of people on this podcast. We're talking like who's who in this state. Thanks to the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, I have increased the. Uh, scale, I should say, of my guests. Not to say that some of my guests haven't been great. I've had my brother-in-law on, which was forced, <laughs> and a few other college friends, which were like, hey, can we be on your podcast? I was like, eh, yeah, sure. Uh, but yeah, it's been, um, it's amazing when you, when you have a partner like the Hall of Fame reach out on your behalf and the doors just open. Um, and it's great, and you know this too, in, in the media world, is if somebody reaches out to their friend on a referral, that is the most powerful thing ever, mm-hmm. rather than a cold email, because everyone's like, oh, it's this random guy from Wales yes. who has a podcast. Um, exactly. So yeah, well, thank, thank you. you so much for having me. It's an honor. Um, and yes, so my, my Oklahoma ties, I was born in Tulsa, but then spent formative childhood years in Denver, and then we moved to Bixby when I was a teenager, and that's where I graduated high school. Okay. And uh, Bixby then is different than Bixby now. It was, I think, Sonic and Taco Bueno were the only restaurants. We had 282 in my graduating class. Yeah. And the stories I hear about it now, because I don't make it back there too often, it's totally different. It's like Edmund. It's like it's, the place to be now, isn't it? It's massive. Yeah. 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 They, uh, they've won something like five or six state championships in a row which in football, which is like would have been wonderful to be a part of. But either way... I, uh, at that point in time, yeah. really was excited to get out of Bixby. So after I graduated, I worked at Walt Disney World in Orlando for a year and then went out to Los Angeles to study journalism at Biola. Uh-huh. Lived there for 10 years and um, was living in a high rise in downtown LA working on you know, TV in the news department. And we had two back-to-back daughters uh-huh. and really got super sick of LA. Like the cost of living, the grind, the hustle, it was exhausting. And so we started thinking about looking at other American cities, maybe that were more livable, more practical, a better fit for our families. And the ones that popped up was Nashville, Austin, Dallas, and then Oklahoma City, which my brother lives here. A lot of cousins live here. Some of my old friends from Tulsa live here. And everybody I knew that lived in Oklahoma City had a fantastic life. Giant house, traveled all the time, really great, high quality of living. And in the end, it ended up winning out. And yeah. we've loved it. I've been here since 2017. 
Yeah, I mean, growing up in Big City, you probably think I'm never going to live in Oklahoma City, right? Because there's like that Tulsa kind of area thing against yeah, Oklahoma City. Yeah, well, I didn't even really think of Oklahoma City as what it is. Right. I thought of it as OU. Yeah. Because that's really the only reason I even came down this direction at that age. Gotcha. Maybe a college tour or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, yeah, I didn't even go to downtown Oklahoma City for the first time until I didn't even live in the state anymore and came back for my cousin's bachelorette party. <laughs> yeah. That was, I'm sure you got some great memories from that. It was Bricktown. And yeah. I really... You survived. Well, people in this town don't get how beautiful Bricktown is when you're not expecting it. Right. So I had a friend from L.A. visit, and we rounded the corner, and he's literally like, <gasps> like those canals are beautiful if you don't see them coming. Full of lime scooters and bird scooters now, right? But also the lights and the yeah. water and then, you know, eating outside and That's people like a bubble, taking I can strolls. See it. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, so Bricktown to this day, people talk about, if, if, if they aren't impressed with it, they aren't seeing it for what it is. It's like the Eiffel Tower and French people, like, they don't get they it, it how, how enchanting it is yeah. when you're just experiencing it for the first right. time. Right, when you see it sparkle for the first time. Yes. And you're sat there on the steps. Um, Eiffel Tower is special to me. We went there on a honeymoon. So yes, I totally yeah. Get it. Yeah, eating Nutella crepes and, like... <laughs> <laughs> totally broke, by the way. I got no money at the time, but it's funny you being there and, you know, you buy a cheap champagne and a baguette or whatever. It's the cliche thing, right? But you watch. But it's also just the quintessential romantic travel experience right. that I hope everyone possible should get to have. Yeah. It doesn't matter what coffee shop you go to. They're all great. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so back to growing up, did you grow up thinking, I want to be in media, I want to be on TV, I want to be in news stuff? Yeah. There was no right. question about that. Um, even as a really, really little kid, I just loved magazines, mm -hmm. TV, all of it. Um, Harry Potter, every single book that came out, I waited at Barnes and Noble at midnight and read it straight through. Same with every single movie. Yeah. Um, big fan of shows like Friends and Seinfeld. And I just always kind of knew. Like, I wanted to live in Hollywood from the time I was... Preteen. Yeah. Yeah, it was just like nothing else even came close to interesting, be that interesting to me as that did. So every decision then growing up led to putting you somewhere closer to Hollywood. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Even the um, Orlando thing was just, you know, wanting to work at Disney World. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How was that experience? Because I've had friends who have done it and they said it's amazing. It really My wife is. wants to go run the Disney half marathon or whatever it is and I, we well, haven't been yet. I did the Disney college program Yeah, and that's the most fun I'll ever have. It just is. You have people from all over the world, the same age, mm -hmm. four to 5,000 of them living in the same apartment complex and your only obligation is to go work at Disney a couple times a week. And so it's just a wild good time. You go to the beach, you go to the parks. It's really, really fun. I yeah. almost didn't leave. But, I can see why. It sounds great. But the thing is, while you're working there as this college kid, you see, you know, the ghost of Christmas future in these 40, 50-year-olds who came and did a college program and then couldn't get out. Yeah. And then they're still, you know, working the in amusement park. The yeah. Disney. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I just saw, I felt like I needed to get back in college and graduate or it might never happen. Sure. To the Disney thing, what were some of the like quirky rules that you couldn't do? Because they're kind of pretty strict on oh what you gosh, can't yeah. do. Oh my gosh, yeah, they've actually loosened like up a ruthless. little bit. I got I got written up on Halloween for having glitter 
on my nails. Yeah. I got written up for wearing white socks instead of black socks. It was incredibly strict. Yeah, regimented. Uh-huh, yeah. That's, that's exactly what I've heard, but obviously, you know, it gives you the experience and it gives the people coming the experience that they want, they paid for. So, yeah. I mean, so you're, you're part of that. The average uh, European family has to save up seven years yeah. to take a Disney World trip. Not and crazy. so when, when push comes to shove, I always thought of that. Mm-hmm. Like, you got to give them the best experience. People put a lot of effort into this. Yeah. So I, I actually hated those, those strict rules like that, mm-hmm. or like your shirt was untucked, or your shoes yeah. had the wrong color laces. It was wild. Even just minor, minor details. But that's why it's such a quality experience. Yeah. I went to Disneyland in Paris when I was like super young. And it was me, my aunt, and my nan. On a bus as well. I was miserable. I, yeah, <laughs> never ever going to Paris on a bus ever again. Uh, but I, the one thing, one like thing I do remember vividly is at breakfast, Eeyore was sat on the step crying his eyes out, and then the chipmunks came over and sat on my aunt. And she's oh my just gosh. like, he was just like, oh, I was running amok, like going crazy at breakfast. My aunt's just like quite a bubbly character and they just came on sat on her and it's like this is hilarious and then I cried when Minnie came over and gave me a kiss on the cheek oh you were scared oh I just yeah I was just like nervous cried whatever yeah. and I was like six um, but yeah so I've been to the one in Paris I've not been to the one here yet um, we leave it's an experience I'm we sure. leave on Friday for a Disney cruise a Disney cruise yes yeah. So you're going to be critiquing everybody else now because you know the inside. Well, what's wild is we actually did one before in 2019 and the cruise director, the mm-hmm. person in charge of the entire thing, she and I had done the college program together Stop. in like That's 2004. So yeah. I know. Did she hook you up? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she did. Good. We really connected. But I saw in her what could have happened if I had never like, left. This could be me. She's but I right guess, in front like, of me. Her role was cool, you know? She's traveling the world. She's yeah. in a high position of power. She did have some regrets about, you know, she hadn't had a family yet. She was hoping for that, but her career wasn't conducive to it. Yeah, that's, that's the 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 plus and the cons, right? right. It's like exactly. you have a great personal time and, and build your career inside this amazing machine and this company, uh, but you sacrifice having exactly. a life and mm-hmm. moving and, you know, to the middle of Oklahoma or whatever it is, you know, you never know. Yeah. But which really to bring a full circle is just why we ended up moving here. Yeah. Like Los Angeles was my dream come true mm-hmm. until we became this family and it wasn't a good fit. Yeah. It wasn't a place that I felt like my kids were going to be able to thrive in the same way. Yeah. I have a friend who has a similar story and she ended up going to kickboxing class as a personal protection because she didn't feel it was safe to take her dog outside for a pee. In like, LA? Yeah, in LA. Now they live here. Oh no, yeah, seriously. Yeah. The, the things that I could tell you yeah. that I experienced in LA will, will really just kind of make you cringe, but you just accept them as part of life out there. Right. Until I was walking around with these baby strollers and all of a sudden they were unacceptable. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I mean, I've only been to LA a couple of times and we were in and out. Um, so we didn't get to see too much of it, but I mean, you see everything on the news and the media or whatever it is. Like it's not the place I'd rather live. It's, it's you know? really, it's really fun. It's amazing or it's not. It's you know? so fun and it's so exciting. Yeah. It just doesn't offer what Oklahoma does, which is, you know, the potential to thrive. Yeah. Yeah, that's... It's a real rat race out there. And out here, it's just a lot easier to... That's why I love ...do it, what yeah. you want to do. I know, I love Pace it Pace of too. life's great. Yeah. Like, just small, small, big city type thing. And everyone knows everybody who has a connection to somebody. Like, it's... 
I love it. Here. The list of anywhere. things that I have here that I never would have gotten in LA, it's thousands. Yeah. Small things like air conditioning and parking spot. All the way to big things like Zero traffic. seeing my husband at 6 p.m. at night. Like yeah. just so many things. Yeah. So high school is coming around. You got to pick college. So you obviously came to OU to see OU before going to LA, but obviously LA was the dream. Yeah. I looked at a couple of colleges. Um, there was just nothing here that was going to compete with mm -hmm. Hollywood, like right. bright lights. I used to have a blog called Bright Lights and Angels about life in LA. Yeah. It was just always what I needed to do. And if I hadn't gotten that out of my system, I think there would be a big form of regret. Yeah. So so you get accepted into Biola. What was, what was the degree of choice? And, and I mean, was any family, like, did any family leave, like, the nest? Or was it you the first one to go? I'm the oldest. Okay, so you were the first yeah, one to go. Yeah, I was yeah. the first one to go. And it was a big leap. I hadn't even yeah. been on a plane until I was a senior in high school and paid for the ticket myself. Yeah. And so to, to move out there was just, yeah, it was a big risk. But um, they have the best Christian media department in the country. Mm -hmm. So it's like Biola, Pepperdine, Chapman. Um, they all have really, really good media departments. And yeah. so I studied journalism with a minor in biblical studies and theology. Okay. And it ended up being, I mean, I'm still paying for it. So I, I wish that it wasn't as expensive as it was. But right. aside from that, it, I couldn't have had a better college experience. So faith's a big part of your life then? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, huge. Like, the biggest part. Yeah. That's, uh, I mean, and now, like, obviously, Life Church is just a powerhouse, and all the other churches going, uh -huh. you know, they're all following that model of basically being a news station. Right. You know, like, that, that's probably exciting to, for you to have seen that entire growth from, you know, college all the way to now. Um, Bobby Grumwald was on the podcast, and, and we were talking about, and this was two or three years ago, we were talking about, you know, the app and everything, and now he's in the metaverse doing whatever right. it is. It's yeah. bonkers. But so, you have such a market for it. There's so many people that are faith-based, so it makes total sense. Yeah, the the stuff that Life Church parts out, and so I've actually worked um, contract at Life Church okay. in one of their kids' shows since moving here. Yeah, and that was the most pleasant surprise. That turned around my entire experience in Oklahoma City because I didn't know that I would still get to be on camera here. I thought that was something that I was giving up and I grieved it deeply. Yeah, and then it ended up not being that at all. I I work on camera here more. Because, yeah. you know, smaller market, more opportunities. Right. But yeah, what Life Church puts out on a global scale is mind blowing. And with their app, that's, uh -huh. I think, isn't that one of the most downloaded yeah. apps in the entire system? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just crazy. looking at it a little bit ago. Yeah. Yeah, it's when you think about it and you put it into context, you're like, this is nuts that it's come from Oklahoma City. Right? right? Or Edmond, they're, they're Edmond campus, whatever it is. Like, it's. Yeah, Craig should come on the podcast. I've told many people that, and he hasn't listened yet. So I'll see what maybe I can that'll do. happen one day. <laughs> Who knows? Um, so, so you go out to LA, first time jumping on a plane. You get there, super excited, um, eyes are open, and you're kind of probably set free a little bit. You're away from home, and dreams well, are coming true. They call it the Biola bubble for a reason. I mean, I it, went to Southern yes, Nazarene, so I totally yes. get it. So yeah. it's this little Christian college, <laughs> yeah. about four. 
thousand, five thousand students, including grad school. And so I wasn't quite That's you know, kinda nice though. Oh, it was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. You know everybody, you mm-hmm. know your professors on a personal level. Like yeah. it's actually quite a nice experience. So I mean my husband I met there, my best friends still from there. I see them, you know, we have a roommate reunion every year. It yeah. it's it was a great little experience, but I wouldn't quite call that the Hollywood experience. Sure. So um my, I did, you know, some internships and things. And then my senior year, you were supposed to try to job shadow your dream job. And so just blindly, I reached out to editor-in-chief at the time, Benjamin Svetke, who was um, in charge of Entertainment Weekly. Okay. And he said yes. So I, I know, right. That's, that's probably my biggest life motto. Like Mm -hmm. what's the worst they're going to say? Yeah. So I always try, I always take big swings. In fact, right now we are working on the August issue, which Mm -hmm. is sports. And I want to have all these famous athletes in it. So I just Instagram messaged a bunch of them yesterday. Like Shay, Nick Collison, Shannon Miller. Why not try? Why not? But so he let me job shadow and, um, I would say the seed was planted then, 15-ish years ago, for the job that I currently have now, as far as what I would love to end up doing. So then it was like I love, and it wasn't just the acting side, it was like I actually love entertainment and giving informational value as well. Well, I'm a journalist first. Because two different things, right? Journalist first. Okay. So, um... I, all forms of journalism. I consider myself a multimedia journalist. And that was what I studied. That's what gotcha. I've always wanted to do. I was trying to take it to the next level in yeah. LA, get on the Today Show or something. And so yeah. I did a hosting showcase to get a hosting agent. And I did, but I also happened to get a commercial agent. Gotcha. And um, this this wonderful woman named Gail, it's just like, Jolie, you're so commercial. And I ended up booking the first two or three that I auditioned for. And the money in commercials is great. And they're a really long but a super fun day on set. And so that's where the acting kind of came in. When yeah. the commercials ended up being so profitable and fun, I took some improv classes. And so that's where the comedic acting came okay. in. But I've always considered myself a journalist first. Yeah. And comedic acting, that's not easy, right? It's not easy to tell a joke when you know the joke and you know the answer and you got to sell it. Like, that's... What's so weird? I have a big appreciation. For I comedians. feel like you're either born with it or you're not. True. So it's, it's actually, the delivery that's the hard. It's top, not right? hard for me. I don't. I can't explain it though. Yeah. If you tried to put me in some sort of dramatic feature film, which I've auditioned for and never got, that's hard for me. Yeah. That I, I can't necessarily get through. I don't. I'm not a thespian. Do you ever think of doing stand up? Uh, I've thought of it before. It's. A brutal, oh, it's not brutal easy. path. Yeah. Like, if you watch any of the behind-the-scenes things on stand-up comedy, like, it's one of the hardest things you can do. Yeah. Anybody who's broken into that, whew, they've worked their butt off. And also, I really feel like you don't get to be that funny without having a dark side. True. So I really feel like anybody who's successful in stand-up comedy has a, has yeah. a dark side. Yeah, there is a definite connection between dark humor and the better, better comedy yes. acts out there, uh-huh. right? They're always a little bit on the edge, and one of my favorites is Jim Jeffries, and he flirts that line every day. Um, I mean, they all do, and the ones that don't are just holding back. Right, <laughs> yes. And the other ones, Nikki Glaser's hilarious, too. You, you know, I... I really, really love the ones who don't make me cringe so much. True. Yeah. Um, the ones that you kind of want to listen to with your husband and not feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Do you, do you know the Kentucky kid? 
Um, Bergesian. Uh-huh. He's really, really funny. Anyway, yeah. I, I like the ones that I don't like. No, oh, ow, geez. Yeah, and don't I'm, say that. It's I'm, uncomfortable. I'm not a yeah. prude or anything like that. Right. It's just like, if it makes me cringe, then I'm not enjoying myself as much. Yeah. Do you think, because Christian comedy has taken its own kind of like rocket ship, right? There's a few famous Christian kind of comedic acts or whatever, and they've just got blown up with social media. Do you think 10 years later, if you had if you were had that chance again, you'd be a social media sensation of comedic Christianity comedy? Me? Yeah. Whew. That's such a good question. Uh, I don't know. You know, everybody has these separate paths in life that you could have taken, different careers you could have had, places lived, yeah. people you could have married. And I wouldn't put that out of the realm of possibilities. Right. Maybe if I had grown up in the Vine era or whatever, like Trey Kennedy or Zach King. Uh-huh. And maybe. Yeah. yeah. Isn't one of them from here? Wasn't one of them Trey in the magazine? Kennedy. Yeah, I, Trace, yeah, I interviewed yeah, yeah, him yeah, yeah. in January. Yeah. And what's crazy, I don't actually think that guy has a dark side. <laughs> That's the hard part, right? It's he like, is he's so just hilarious. shy and kind and yeah. nice. Yeah, so he, yeah, he, maybe I'm wrong about that dark side theory because he's one of the nicest people I've ever met. <laughs> maybe he's just really good at hiding it. Really, That's true. really good at hiding That's it. That's true. Yeah. It's but, down there. It's deep. Yeah, there are some amazing acts like that. And, and it's the generation, like you said, that grew up in the Vine and the social media. And, you know, it's, you've got to see all of this. Um, but the, the great thing is that you've seen it before social media, so you understand the craft and you understand where it's come from, mm-hmm. which is kind of a nice to, you know, sometimes you hate wanting to live in one world and never see the next, right? Like mm-hmm. you've kind of, you know, straddled both of them, which is fun to now emerge into with everything that you do now, um, which I'm obviously in the social media world. We could talk about that forever and the pros and cons and the good and the bad thing it does to your mental state, but... People probably listening have heard that me waffle on about it many times before. Uh, moving back to you getting the internship, what was that experience like? Of you shadowing for your dream job? Um, I didn't intern at Entertainment Weekly. I had some Sorry. internships, yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah. I did. I did shadow him, and um, how long for? Just a day. Okay. But he took me through his whole job. Yeah. And I just looked through the magazines. He let me take any of them that I wanted to. And the process back then is just actually super similar to what we do now at 405 Magazine. Mm-hmm. The same thing. You come up with these ideas way in advance. Yeah. And then it's a bunch of work. And then you throw it out into the universe. And you get to see it come to conception a few months later. And then even past that, you get to see how it's received by the reader and the audience. And right. It's this rhythm and this cycle that you just have to be in for the long haul for. And you have to be able to balance that in your mind. Yeah. Constantly, people are like, you know, in this mind space of whatever day it is. Like, what is it today? June 15th. Mm-hmm. I published our June article to... Two and a half months ago. Yeah. Right now, my mind is fully in August because that's what I'm working on. And that's what I'm finishing up. So sometimes it's a shock to me what day it is because yeah. we have to work so far in advance in print media. Mm-hmm. And that's how it was at Entertainment Weekly, except they, I think they have to work even further ahead, like sometimes four to six months. Yeah. And the thing is, so much changes in that time. Yeah. And, you know, with us, fa- I think media companies can move a lot faster now than they did in the past, right? Well, the thing about it... Not print, I guess, but... Well, that's the thing. That's what's cool. Yeah. And I think that that's one area that I do have an advantage of, being born in the perfect year to be a multimedia person, Mm -hmm. 
is that yes, you have to work with your evergreen content or the things that you can rely on to still be around three months from now and right. probably not have changed. But we also have this opportunity to work in the digital space, which is stuff that's evolving and literally happening minute by minute. Yeah, like the, some guy was climbing the Devon Tower yesterday for people listening. Like right? This, this bonkers. That was wild. Yeah. What's so funny is when that happened, I said, I bet we're going to talk about that on the podcast yeah, tomorrow. I mean, you had to, right? <laughs> For people listening, now you know exactly the day we're recording at. Well, you said the day. Yes, exactly. Um, but it's also but this... But it's just mad, isn't it? So for we're trying to decide who to put on the cover of August, and we want a Thunder player. Yeah. And I, I think I mean, there's only one, right? What yeah. you're talking about... Mr. Thunder. Well, that's what's it so crazy. We're leaning towards him. It has to be. But we're not only leaning towards him. We're it's also a, considering... It's either him or Russ. Well, we did Russ last year on and the then cover. It, then it so it's Russ, either yeah. Mr. Thunder or SGA. But there's a little chance that SGA could get traded between now and August. Yeah. And Fre- then... Presti's not going anywhere. Right? I mean, but does we, it have to be a player? I'm not... Yeah, yeah. It yeah. does. All the rest of them I mean, are players. Carlson came back, didn't he? So he's yes. probably the, the safer bet. He's one of the ones um, I emailed. Also, I, mean, I would love to have him on the podcast, too. So He's... Uh, uh, well, I'll see what I can do on that one, too. Yeah. But, yeah, so a part of it is about taking these risks and what you think will still be there yeah. when it happens. If you were to take that risk and the person you talked about would get traded, is it quite an easy swap to put it in? Or is it no. like, oh dear? Like, no, it's, it's gone. Printed, like, it's to the printer. Yeah. I mean, we just wrote an article about you and we misplaced where you're from. We said you're an Englishman, you're a Welshman. <laughs> Too bad. Yeah, It's sorry. out there. 200,000 people have seen it. Yeah. We can correct it digitally and we can issue a, a retraction. Mm-hmm. You know, we regret the error, but yeah. it really is this this big risk and if you make a mistake it's it is you know sign sealed delivered it's out there yeah (laughs) it's i mean it and i know the other struggle you have is paper right like people can't find paper at the moment which is nuts but yeah i mean that's that's super i mean like i said you got to take a risk but think of all the people that could have been on the cover but they might have been traded or they've done something or whatever it is and you're like it's not a safe bet I've got to go with someone else there's so many so I really though I think if we get the picture I think I'm going with SGA and and several other legacy athletes because part of the job is just really understanding what is going to make somebody Mm -hmm. pick up that magazine yeah and so you have to go with who has the most buzz who people are talking about, who's going to get them excited, who's going to get them curious. Yeah. And I feel like Nick Collison, you know, he's a legacy player for us. He's a safe bet. But are people as intrigued with what's happening? Like right. his story has has not been completely written, but we have but seen the arc. we're aware of him. Yeah, we've yeah. seen the arc. We've seen where it's going, essentially. And there's, there's not as much electricity behind that choice. Yeah. So, I mean, perfect transition into talking about the magazine. You have a couple of kids. You don't like living in, in L.A. anymore. You make the decision to come back to Oklahoma City. Um, do you have a job before you come back to Oklahoma City? Or I you brought my back? job with me. Okay. So I was a, before moving, I was a TV news reporter. Mm-hmm. After having my daughter, I hated those hours. It was just, like, not it for me was anymore. Was it, like three every morning? Or was it just... Your 17-hour days. Oh, it sounds awful. It's, it's 24 hours. It just is. Yeah. That's the problem with Los Angeles and the mentality is that mm-hmm. everybody hustles and everybody grinds. My husband was at WeWork, yeah. if you're familiar with that. Mm-hmm. Like, both of us were working 24 hours a day. You weren't sleeping. You were working. Yeah. And that was fine, especially because we loved what we were doing until all of a sudden we had these 
small people who needed attention as well. Yeah. And our, there wasn't enough of us to go around between having children and working. And so I left TV news and started working as the managing editor at Christian Teen Girls publication called Project Inspired. Okay. And I did that for five years. That was a great job. The numbers we were putting up at that yeah. website were huge. Our biggest monthly page views ever was 14 million. I know. Uh, I mean, it's put wild. that in the context. How many did you get from four or five now? Um, well, we've got about uh, 40,000 in our... So it was massive then. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Like, that's yes. Out, that's that's yes. crazy numbers. So we reach, yeah. we reach a couple hundred thousand across platforms with yeah. 4 or 5 magazine. But so that was that was 14. literally a worldwide thing. And it was Christian yeah. teen girls from all over the world. Yeah. We had a pretty big um, following in Africa, South America, things like that. But I brought that job with me to Oklahoma uh-huh. City because I was doing it virtually. Yeah. And... Um, I, it was it was great. I loved yeah. that. And you're getting paid LA prices and living in Oklahoma City. Yeah, which and that is was even better. That was like evident yeah. in the house we were able to get and things right. like that. And um, that job ended, and I applied for this job at 405 Magazine in 2019 and did not get it. Yeah. And so when it became available again a year ago in uh, 2021. I circle back around and did get it this time. Gotcha. So you so you recircle back, you apply, and I mean, there's a great lesson in there, right? If you don't get something the first time, keep trying, right? Right. It's not no. Yeah. It's no just right now, and it might not be no later. I know? I in hindsight, I'm really glad I didn't get it then. Yeah. Um, just simply because trying to be a working parent during the pandemic with school age children was one of the hardest things I've ever done, and this job is pretty demanding. I just don't think I could have pulled them both off at the same time. Right. And so in this season of life, when both my kids are in school, I'm able to devote the time and energy needed to, to yeah. doing it. But what's crazy is when I didn't get that job in 2019, it stung because I knew I would have crushed it and I knew it was a good fit. And so I, I kind of put it out of my mind. I tried unfollowing them on social media, but it was always I coming see it up. Everywhere. Everywhere. Like it was <laughs> nagging. I would see, yeah, it's, we have yeah. a really large presence in the city. It would come up, it would come up. And for some reason, yeah. I had this gut feeling that that story wasn't over. And then I'd tell myself, oh, no, 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 it's good. I like where I've landed. But it was just always yeah. in the back of my mind. Yeah. I mean, it's the, the, I, there's some of the things that I had turned down and you can't stop seeing those things. Right. right? It's like, <laughs> got to do something about it. It's really irritating me. Right. Uh, not to, yeah, yeah, it just nags at you, doesn't it? And you can't explain it to anyone else. And even if you do, they still don't get it. You're just like, I want this job. And then it probably eats at you even more. And even though you sometimes you think, I could live without this job, there's part of your brain saying, no, no, you, you need this. Right. Because you'll be really good at it. It's it's so crazy the internal conflict that happened for those few years and how spot on I was and how hard I tried to talk myself out of it. <laughs> so you finally get the job, middle of COVID, right? Actually, it was it was end uh, of COVID. Not the end because we're still kind of yeah, in the true. end, but it was at the end ish. Yeah. It wasn't in the worst part of it anymore. What? It was July of last year. What was that kind of interview like? And what were you, what was your sales pitch, I guess, to the people hiring you to say, I'm the right person for this job. You should hire me. Well, the, um, I work for a husband and wife publishing team. Mm-hmm. They have a couple of different magazines and she and I connected on a really deep soul level, even the first time yeah. I could tell she wanted to go with me the first time, yeah. but I, I didn't have much experience in print. And so, and they gave it to somebody way senior who'd been at the Oklahoman and 
I could just tell. So sure. when I circled back around, I actually, I said, oh, hey, I didn't expect this role to be open. She's like, oh, do you want to apply? I'm like, no, I really love what I'm doing. I had gone on retainer for a couple of different brands nice doing marketing. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, what I'm doing right now is just really profitable and flexible. But it's totally soft selling it, right? But like, let's the, meet know. for coffee. Yeah, and I'd love to hear more about let's it. Let's just meet for coffee. Let's just be friends. Right. And we met for coffee and it was just, we were vibing and she said all the right things. Mm-hmm. And I found myself saying, yes, I couldn't not. You know, right. if you're thinking about something constantly, it's probably something you should do. Yeah. It's just like, I didn't even work there. I had already told her no. And I'm in the shower, like running through all these story ideas. And so I, I um, interviewed with several different people, them, the team, the people who would be uh, my art director, Christopher, some of the writers, things like that. Yeah. And I remember talking to my husband about it and was like, it's sort of like with the LA thing. Yeah. I have to know. Right. If I don't, it's going to eat at me forever. Yeah, because you're always going to think, what if? Yeah. Right? And that's the worst thing you can ever like, have. Like, why did I play it safe? Yeah. Why didn't I just at least yeah. see how it was going to work out? And um, I kid you not, it clicked immediately. It, yeah. was, it was just, like, evident that this is what I'm great at. This is what I'm supposed to be doing right now. This is how I can help the city move forward, get the word out, tell people stories. Yeah. It was just the right gig at the right time. Super exciting, too, because there's so much going on here, right? right? Like, every corner you turn, there's something happening. Like this even is just one of the most exciting here. places to be in the country right now. Yeah. Like, we are just rising, rising, mm-hmm. rising. Every day, a new thing. Yeah. Women's softball, World Series, just busting through. We're having, like, our population is just climbing shocking amounts. We're the 20th largest city now. Yeah, I'm crazy. That's unheard of. Crazy. We were um, sitting at the, not the collective, but the one that's across the street from Scissortel. What's that called? Uh, Sorry, I can't think. Uh, Oh, like. The group of restaurants, and then there's the second floor. Oh, yeah. Uh, Social social capital. Social capital, yeah. Yeah. We Uh were sitting there the other night on the second floor, and there was a concert happening at Sisertel Park. Mm -hmm. And I look over, and from Sisertel Park to the convention center to the Omni, none of this was here. No. Five years ago. Like, I I got emotional at the time just thinking of what the city has been able to accomplish. And beautiful buildings, too. Yes. Like, Convention Center at night when yes, it's lit up. Yes, yeah. The whole fantastic. thing. Breathtaking. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I feel like, part, like the, the, the statue is sparkling, the music was playing. Yeah. It is vibrant right now. And the city did this for itself. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite thing about it. Yeah. Like, not to talk bad about the gathering place, but that was gifted to them by an individual or a foundation. Everything that we just talked about, the city bought for itself. Yeah. That's what I find so inspiring about the whole thing. Yeah. And then that makes you, like, kind of reinforce the decision to come to Oklahoma City over going to Austin, Nashville, Dallas, or the other ones that were on, because there's something different about us here compared to those cities, compared to L.A. I mean, you come here and you're like, these are my people. 
right? right? Like everyone's kind of moving in the right direction and they want to go to the next level. Yeah, right? it and was... do anything they want to get there. It's that, for lack of a better term, it's that why not mentality. Mm-hmm. Russell Westbrook had it. Mayor Holt has it. This whole, this, the, the vibe of the city has it. I have it. It's like we're building something cool. We are getting to be a part of history. And it's like this fun, amazing, inspiring time. If you want to do something in Oklahoma City, you can. Like the story hasn't been written yet. It is on the upswing. It's going to be a great clip for Instagram Reels, guys. <laughs> just like listening, thinking, this is just gold. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, no, you're so right, though. Like, and I've been here 11 years now and just kind of seeing everything grow and, and just the people kind of embrace it. And, you know, I know we bang on about our food scene now, but it is truly insane how good it is. Yeah. You know? uh, and obviously you can speak to that because you've come from L.A. and L.A.'s food scene is generally pretty good as well. Right. Um, you know, and just, but you go to kind of family attractions, you know, and I think we have uh what is it the river sport red bull race or something is coming mm-hmm. to river sport soon which anything red bull does is amazing and it's just coming to the river sport district now which is just bohas district which is like that's gonna be amazing right you know and that's not just for people who are generally into water sports like anybody can go to that and have an absolute blast right yeah so i was walking i, I went to dinner the other night when the softball mm-hmm. series was happening who were shirts everywhere you could just tell people had traveled from all over the place to come be a part of this and to see this and to see and you know we're starting they've started a professional softball league here did you know this i did not know that lauren I know chamberlain USA be, here. she yeah. would be a great guest too she's the commissioner Definitely. for for this new professional women's softball okay. league that's starting here yeah it's just like buzz is happening um It's not getting looked over anymore. In fact, like I anticipate, and I'm sure you do when we work in real estate, like these growing pains are about to get real. Oh yeah, they can't build houses fast enough. Right. The good thing is we have room. Right, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. But they just can't get the materials fast enough. Like we, the urban sprawl, luckily we have these big flat undeveloped lands, Mm -hmm. but you know, our infrastructure, our roads, Our budgets, all of these things. It's going to be painful, but yeah. it's something that a lot of people want to be a part of, and I don't want to turn them away. Yeah, no, I t- you're totally right. Um, it's just an exciting time to be in this city, and it's, you know, I, I had my parents here a couple of weeks ago, and even just showing them, like, they haven't been here since 2019, and just to go out for dinner at different places since they've been here and take them to, you know, to have experiences at other places, it's stuff that like wasn't available in 2019 which is not that long ago right yeah right? everyone thinks it was yesterday we lost <laughs> covid years or whatever it feels it like it uh, but it's just amazing and and you know there's a the good thing is that you are in the middle of showcasing this to you know the city and surrounding areas through the magazine so mm-hmm. you're a really really cool part in this i went to on assignment and if you dig hard enough you'll find out but i don't want to say the town specifically i went to a town who's going through the opposite experience that we yeah. are and you can feel it you can feel it it's heavy dying a slow death people aren't jazzed yeah um, your Uber drivers aren't working on side projects. They're like telling you where to stay away from. Mm-hmm. It's just the, so Elizabeth Gilbert, you know, eat, pray, love. She just talked about getting the vibe of the city and, yeah. and every city has words that you can use to describe it. And right now, Oklahoma city is just 
resilient and confident. And, and I feel like it was captured super well in Boomtown, uh-huh. how the fabric of the city has yeah. always been like that. It's not just something that us newcomers are experiencing right now. Like people generations ago believed in this city and did things to get us where we are now, mm-hmm. finally getting to experience this renaissance. Right. Yeah, Sam did a great job. Like, yeah. That book is amazing. Yeah. Uh, well, still to this day, it's amazing. This is one of my favorite books I've ever read. Yeah. The I, part where he's talking about, um, he, d- he does the land run. If you haven't read Boomtown, you have got to read Boomtown. So he, good. he does the land run on a summer day. He walks with his own feet the path, and he talks about it and talks about experiencing what they might have. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, it's a, and it's like in the middle of summer. Like I know. When he's I doing felt like I was living. Zero water as well. Yeah, he like talks he, about yeah, like he was not prepared. starting to pass out and getting yeah. exhausted and, and just. It's brilliant. Feeling what those people might have felt like. Mm-hmm there that's where I'm gonna thrive and I feel like that's what a lot of people that are just moving here are thinking as well definitely what I what I like to think about a lot and try to find the balance of there's been some people who lived here for generations Mm -hmm. and so I try to not forget about them you know what I mean? Right. There like, are some legacy families, right? Yes. That have been here for a long time. Yeah. You know, and established then residents. Yeah. In yes. the Park or whatever. Heritage yeah. Hills. Yeah. And I don't want to make it seem like it was a wasteland. Right. Whenever their families were being raised here yeah. 20, 30 years ago, because they were part of what has turned it into this yeah. beautiful, prosperous town that it is now. And the first thing that comes to mind when you say that is First National. Yeah, like oh my the gosh, history right? behind that. Like, you know, and the good thing is that now what Gary has done is bringing all that history kind of full circle back around to make people more aware of the actual building and who were, who was around to do it. Mm-hmm. So, and that place is incredible too. Yeah, I think there's a, an amazing way. So um, there's this article, um, uh, Travel Writer Matt, mm-hmm. if you read it for Thrillist, talking about this former flyover town no longer. Mm-hmm. Did you get a chance to check that one out? No, I haven't. Oh, it's it. so good. Okay. He captures it and he talks about in Oklahoma City, there's this constant tension yeah. between all of this new innovation and progress while still trying to honor the things that made this town what it is, mm-hmm. like the tribes and the, the oil fields and the southern influence. Yeah. All of that, like Cattle honoring. Industry. Yes, yeah, exactly. Which is massive here. Like honoring all of that while blending it together with what it is now mm-hmm. and how it, it's all of the above. Yeah. We're not just looking forward, we're also incorporating it. Another great example of that is First Americans Museum. Mm-hmm. Like, that has been in the works for 30 years. Yeah. It's wild that... It's crazy that it's been in the works for that long. Isn't that nuts? It's nuts, yeah. Just to think of the scope... Yeah. ...and how long it took to come to fruition and how many people had to come and get on board together. (laughs) Just that alone makes me emotional. That they were able to pull that off and that it turned out so beautiful. Right. Well, and to kind of circle back to the magazine as well it's not you guys have done more stuff like you have you don't just have four or five magazine you launched a business mag mm-hmm. this year too right which yeah some so of the covers have been incredible and the guys on I the covers know. um you know you have lopez foods was one of them the medical guy i think can't think about um who i try to get on the podcast he hasn't responded to my text yet one day you're gonna need to um, give me a list of people I'm, you want because yeah, I you probably might, you might regret that <laughs> i probably have most of their contact uh, information but it's no. amazing to see that right not just only see 
oil field work or, or cattle industry, you know, and the ranching stuff, or, you know, just like this is the city that's growing. It's amazing to see the people who are here that are building global businesses, mm-hmm. which most people were like, yeah, there's not, you know, sure, Oklahoma City has some cool business people. And then until you read the business manual, you're like, Okay, these guys are like making a huge impact. Simple Modern, for yeah, example. Yeah, Simple Modern. Like, I hope I'm not crazy. breaking the story, but he's going to be on an upcoming cover this year. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, there's. A, we did a podcast. He's very. In, in Michael, right? Am I thinking? I, I'm Sorry, not. I don't I know remember. off the top of my head. So, very, yeah, we very grew. Very interesting. Here. We have monthly, which is every month. Yeah. And then we have home, which is four times a year. And they have a different editor in chief. And then we have 405 business which is six times a year, which has a different editor-in-chief, and then City Guide, which is for newcomers. And that doesn't even start going into our digital properties, like our newsletters and things. And there's not a shortage of content. No, I think we're, not at all. Right now, I think we're the perfect market size. Like, it's small enough to know everyone, but not so big that you'd get lost. Right, like the, yeah. the city guide is perfect, yeah. right? Because it's not overwhelming, right. but it's plenty of choice to where mm-hmm. you can think, okay, like whatever income level you are, whatever like so you know whatever nights out you want to have or breakfasts you want to have, whatever it is, there is an abundance of things in there yeah, for, for each sure. person, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, so valuable. And people come to this now because of the convention center and everything else. People are coming, actually coming to Oklahoma City to spend a long weekend. Like, when was that ever? I know, right? Like, someone's like, you know, I bumped into someone the other day and I had a T-shirt on that they made a comment from. And I was like, you don't sound like you're from here. <laughs> Which is funny that I say that, right? Because I right. clearly don't. And they're like, no, 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 we've come into town from uh, somewhere in Texas, which is hilarious. I love people who come up here from Texas. Um, but yeah, I was like, why are you here? Oh, we just came for a long weekend. Like, again, why are you here? Right? (laughs) It's it's becoming easier. It used to be you had to know somebody in town who could tell you the little hidden places to find. Yeah. And they're not so hidden anymore. Well, and sometimes we don't want to share those places. Right, right? We never want to tell anybody about Cafe Cacao or going to Bradford House. I still have never been to Cafe Cacao. It's so crowded. Please. I know. No, it's not for lack of trying. We should probably just go after this. I would. I would if we could get in. I have been, I finally got into Frida. Like, I'm telling yeah. you, these places are competitive. Even. Well, you she, also have a family and you're busy. So for that's me, true. I go at like, you know, nine o'clock on a Tuesday but, morning. So it's even totally fine. chicken and pickle. Yeah. We are their second location. Did you know that? No, I their did not know that. Their first location. Yeah. Which I haven't gotten to the City. whole pickle thing, pickleball yet. Well, you're going to love it. The second you yeah. do, you'll be addicted. I might roll my ankle and then I'll resent no. somebody. Old people play it. Really, really old people. You'll be fine. Go but ahead. Chicken and Pickle is like the second location. They chose it here and it is thriving. Yeah. You get online two weeks before to try to reserve an indoor court and you can't. You can't get it. Yeah. yeah. It's literally like trying to get concert tickets to try to book a court at Chicken Pickle. Right. Which that is increasing too. We're actually getting better acts. I know. Andre here. Bonatelli is coming this week. That's going to be so good. If I wasn't on the cruise, I was planning to go. That's that's someone who you go see even if you don't like his music. Just to I know, but it. I do love his music. Yeah. I really I went kind of on to buy tickets. around the house blasting his music out, wake up the kids in the morning. Definitely not that. <laughs> More so like in a melancholy mood, need to think some things through, flip on Andre, that Got kind you. of thing. All right. Uh, the other thing that uh, we need to talk about, which you're probably going to laugh when I say this, but Mr. Skidmore has suggested we talk about birds. And if people listening don't know who Mr. Skidmore that is, that is David Skidmore. Um, and I'll put his Instagram in the description because he's awesome. Buddy, you recently were interviewed by him and he couldn't get a lot off about the bird stuff, but you're very passionate about birds? It's 
kind of hard for me to say out loud because yeah. it's everybody just, has a weird thing they like. It's, not, it's okay. It's not the sexiest of hobbies, but yes. <laughs> In the last few years, I've become an avid bird watcher. Okay. And it happened really, really organically. So my grandmother passed from Uh Tulsa. I picked up some things from their house, and one of them was a hummingbird feeder. Because she always had a ton. I put it out back in my patio. No hummingbirds came. I did some Google research. You need to put up red things to attract the hummingbirds. So I put up a hanging red plant. I put up a bunch of different red flowers and red ribbons and stuff. And a house finch puts a nest in the red plant. And then a cowbird. Do you know about these? I have no idea. Okay, so a house I'm finch. I'm learning a lot here. Okay, a house finch is a little bird, yeah. and they put a nest in. A cowbird. I can't believe we're talking about this. Are you sure you're ready for this conversation? We have time. Okay, so a cowbird is native to Oklahoma. Okay. But they are a parasitic bird. So they drop their massive eggs in other birds' nests, let the other birds incubate them, and feed them to the detriment of the rest of the babies in the nest. Wow. Isn't that nuts? Yeah. So cowbirds' histories with Oklahoma go way back. They used to travel with buffalo herds. Okay. So they're actually a protected species. You're not legally allowed to remove the cowbird eggs. Even though they ruin in the other bit. Even though they kill massive amounts of songbirds. Yeah. So if you look it up, cowbird babies are about the size of a baseball. And all these other babies and full-grown birds... Or like from Tiny. size to like a golf ball, yeah. that sort of thing. So these little full-grown birds are feeding these massive babies. Yeah. Anyway, the hummingbirds came, the finches came, the cowbirds came, and me as a journalist and a researcher just spiraled. And over the course of the yeah. years, it's grown and it's grown. And I moved and I live on the edge of a green belt. So I have a during the summers, 19 different feeders, yeah, as well as birdhouses, and um, each feeder and its corresponding food is set to attract a different bird. And so there's been some on my bucket list, like yeah. the painted bunting. It's a rainbow bird. It took me about two years, but I finally got those to come to my yard. Yeah, and um, I've seen everything from like giant hawks yeah. who live out in the green belts, and. Um, you know, turkey vultures, all the way down to a couple of different, I've seen three different species of hummingbirds. Yeah. And I don't, I can't, like, I can't totally justify why this happened, but it's become one of my deepest passions. But I mean, it's like, build it and they will come. Yes. Like, that's the bird equivalent of like, that whatever baseball movie that people are crucifying me listening to this are talking, I'm talking about. Field of Dreams? That one, yeah. Yes. The Costner, yeah. Yeah, uh, it's sort of like that. It's like, I, I like the fact that you do that instead of going out into a field on, and like putting your binos on and just kind of spotting. Yeah, I don't have the time right? for that. Yeah. But I do sit out there every morning yeah. with my binoculars that stay on. So... They're on there. Yeah. I'm usually listening to something on my phone, either... Bonicelli. Mm, sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. um, and then I, so I even have a, a nectar ring sometimes, so they'll come right up to me. But um, it's fascinating to me that you could build this ecosystem in your in your backyard, on your property here, or yeah. if you even have an apartment on your patio, you just have to have some sort of access yeah. to an outdoor space. And yes, they will come to you. And so the January issue of 4 or 5 magazine, the cover was birding. 
And the whole thing is just about it. And But it's also about how hobbies positively affect your mental health. Right, yeah. That was the whole spin on yeah. it. Yeah. And one of the quotes in there was talking about how bird watching and birding essentially really is about the cultivation of patience. Uh-huh. And that, as a discipline, that brings you happiness and peace. Yeah. And so you set out to patiently wait there for these birds. And in the end, whether or not they come, you have still experienced a quiet moment of meditation. And so I think that's... It's fascinating. In summarize, in summary, like that's a daily part of my life, and it's one of my favorite things. And my husband said I went to bed one night and woke up eighty, but I love it. I'm going to be able to do this yeah. for the remainder of my days, which is so exciting to me. Right, and then you can just kind of, you know, patiently build something that, like you said, it took you two years to get a certain bird. Like, yeah, this could take sometimes it might take five years, whatever it is. But when that day comes. Oh my gosh, when I saw the painted bunny, I wept. (laughs) I wept. I watched it like take this moment in. And then when it had been there like maybe 30 seconds, I'm like, okay, I think I can get my phone out and capture this moment. It was pretty close to you then? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, probably 20 feet. Okay. But what's so I saw um, Mayor Holt before the issue came out, and I told him I was putting birding on the cover. And he's like, you put a bird? on the cover of a magazine about Oklahoma City, a bird? I really second-guessed myself. Like, oh my gosh, what have I done? Of all the cool things in this town, I went with a bird. <laughs> Matt Payne and I actually have this shared passion. Okay. He helped us with that feature. Yeah. It went over great. I was right. Holt was wrong. But he, it was a risk, and he did make me second-guess myself. But I hope... That through this evangelizing, that a few more people have considered it as a hobby. Yeah, I, I, I mean, just listening to you talk about it, I love the fact again that you bring them to you. Like I think that people think of birding in general, and they think I'm gonna go in the middle of a field in the middle of nowhere. It takes me an hour to get there, and all this time, and I might just see a hawk pick up a mice or whatever it is, <laughs> you know, and that's it. But I'm glad you explained that because it makes a lot of sense. There and are, the fact that you it yeah. comes from your nan's house, you know, and that's kind of sentimental, and then you take up this hobby and never expected it and now you are endlessly doom scrolling at the end of the night I know right it's <laughs> learning wild about, learning about so, birds I think I told the story on um, David's podcast so if it's a repeat to any of you guys sorry about that but maybe there's not that much crossover audience so remember that big giant freeze that happened yeah Every February for the last two years? No, the like, big one. Oh, okay. The big one. The really bad one. That was like the 10 one, days like, long yeah, at the end two, of this two years season. Ago? It was February, yeah. Yeah. Everybody lost power, pipes froze, people dying. Yeah. Well, it, 90% of the state's bluebirds froze to death during that. Oh, that's It's that's awful, awful, right? Yeah. They froze to death by the dozens huddled together in their little houses. It that's was heartbreaking. awful. Well... This really, really bothered me. But um, in researching that, I discovered that the United States bluebird population was on decline Mm -hmm. decades ago. And then this researcher formed the Bluebird Audubon Society and discovered that bluebirds, more than most bird species, are willing to accept man-made birdhouses to build their nests in. 
So he encouraged people to put up bluebird houses on their properties. And lo and behold, the bluebird population began to rise in the United States. And so I decided I would focus my efforts towards prioritizing making this bluebird population thrive again in whatever small way I could. So I got a new kind of feeder. I got some mealworms. I put up a little house. And within, I kid you not, 10 minutes, a bluebird checked it out. Yeah. I didn't get a bluebird nest that first season, but a full year later, sure enough, this last summer, a bluebird couple built a nest in there, mm-hmm. fully successful, raised several babies, they fudged out, and now sometimes the babies come back to my yard. It's incredible. Yeah. Like, I feel like those are my babies. Like, the steps, the steps that I took helped give those babies life. I can't, I can't explain how much fun this is for me. (laughs) The next you're going to tell me is you now have a business that's worldwide that develops these birdhouses. I don't. No, I just, I just go to, I just go to like an agricultural shop or whatever and buy one. But I would really encourage anybody who's looking for a hobby to consider. Julie's birdhouses. There it is. No, just birding. Just do birding. I promise if you have the least bit of interest in research and you know building things mm-hmm. you'll love it all right people listening that's they probably didn't expect that but uh i'm not that's 100%. the beauty of this podcast i'm not confident that you're not going to cut that entire thing i am going to leave it all in okay I leave most of the things all right in. you're right it's such yeah, a tangent that make me sound stupid and it's so weird that this has become such a big part of my personality mm-hmm. i used to be really fun i used to be super cool you're a comedic writer oh right yeah oh just to think about 10 years ago, me, when given the opportunity to talk about stuff I love, that wouldn't have been on the list. If I had gotten a chance to list 500 things, that wouldn't have been on it. What do the girls think about it? They're into it, too. Yeah, they love That's, it. They're so cute. Yeah. The birds come, and they run and grab their iPads. They take pictures. As far as they know, this is one of the coolest things there is because right. they know nothing different. I'll be like, girls, there's an Oriole. We've never had an Oriole before. They'll be like, oh my gosh, mom. Or they'll come get me if they see something neat. Mama, hummingbird fight. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, that brings you together too, right? It does. Something that, you know, if you're going to speak to them in 20 years and you're going to ask them, what do you remember? They're like, the birds, mom. I remember the birds. Yeah, she's crazy about those (laughs) birds. And what's wild is I love, love that it spans back to my grandmother. Yeah. It feels like uh-huh. a, I've kept a part of her going through this hummingbird thing. Yeah, that's what makes it makes it all make sense, right? Right. And makes it also less strange, right? It's yeah. the fact that like, okay, like you tie it back, it's, it gives a context, and you have this memory now of like, you you know, and it, it also kind of makes you think you wish you'd have those conversations with your nan too. Yeah. Just like I would have loved to have had this passion together now right. that you now will have with your daughters. Yeah. Which is really cool to think of it that way. Uh, it's almost like an episode of This Is Us. Yeah. Like it's me and my grandmother as in a grade schooler and her watching her hummingbirds together. Fast forward three decades and uh-huh. it's them as children having those same conversations. It's so good. <laughs> I love the world and the cycles that we make. It's just we never think they're going to, you know, with the turns that we take, we never think it's going to happen. And it, I mean, it's. Yeah, think of all the birds that you've saved and the birds that you've brought into that into the backyard, which is, I mean, it was, I'm, no doubt it was a decision when you bought the house, you had to back up to a greenbelt. Yeah, and I'm never going back. <laughs> no, you can't. I will back. not go no. away from that. Never. Like, 
even even in my retirement years, yeah. I have some birding goals. Like I'd like to have a purple martin house. Okay. But those are pretty consuming. You have to lower them daily and clear out certain types of predators. That's a job. Yeah, I, I, I almost yeah. I, I almost did it last year, and then I realized what a commitment it was going to be, and it's not the right time. But I've got yeah. some future plans. Talking of future plans, let's finish up with because um, you you know like you said earlier, your your mind's in August um, and constantly in the future. Finishing up, what are you excited about? Um, what can you kind of tell us or not tell us yet about what's coming? I mean, give give people a little nugget, I guess, of why they should support Four or Five Magazine and pick it up in the future. Well, first of all, everyone should subscribe to 405 Magazine because it will help you find out about the amazing things that are going on in this town. The places to eat, the shows to go to, the people of interest that are making big changes and taking big swings, the artists in the town. It's, it's, it's essential as somebody who lives in Oklahoma City just to be on board with everything that's going on right now. And um, upcoming, we have a sports issue your guide to game day. Uh, we have best new restaurants. And oh, I bet that's a tough list. You know, Greg. There's so many. Greg's in charge of it, and he, he does right. an incredible job. Um, and then we also have um, something coming up towards the end of the year that I'm incredibly excited. We have fall family fun guide coming up. Okay. But we also have. Uh, one that's going to be a little bit of a risk for me, but it's really similar to what we've been talking about right now. We're going to have the transformation issue, mm -hmm. which looks at how Oklahoma City has transformed. And um, we're still figuring out exactly what that looks like, but I'm super excited about it. So um, first of all, subscribe, follow us on social channels, continue the conversation. But something that I really, really want people to hear is that I would love to hear their stories and I would love to hear what they're working on and possibly be able to turn it into a story. Okay. I love being able to connect the people who are working on something with the people who want to hear about what they're doing. Yeah. So um, send me an email, connect with me on socials, tell me what you're working on, tell me what you're passionate about because I'm sure there's a story there and I'm sure that we can find a way to get more people on board with what they're doing and what they're passionate about. Yeah. Four or five doesn't have a podcast, do they? No. So I just like a decision not to have one. Or I mean, it seems. I like actually pitched fit. that right when I got there. Yeah. Um, podcasts make our leadership nervous. <laughs> really? Interesting. They feel like it's a good way to say something you didn't mean to. <laughs> do you get that a lot? Do people say things well, I, and they're like, "Oh, you have to edit that out," or some? Yeah, and then and a lot of the time, uh, and you obviously as a previous you know you hosted a podcast you know this that the podcast generally opens up things people talk about stuff on the podcast that they would never talk about around a crowd right or yeah. around other people so it just kind of which is which is great for the interviewer right um and the, and the audience but sometimes for that guest they're like oh, i probably shouldn't have said that which one thing that i do is i tell everybody that comes on the podcast i'll send it to you before you listen to it and if you want to take it out or ever want to do it again let's do it again but then you know there are times where you know, most of the most of the guests are like, "Ah, oh, it's fine. Just don't worry about it, and I'll put it out, and it'll be okay." There is something deceptive about the format. Definitely. It literally, when you're filming it, feels like you're having coffee with a friend. Yeah. Yes. It's the best feeling in the world. Usually, thousands of people aren't privy to those conversations. Yeah. So I think that's why we don't have one yet. Um, it's still, you know, on my list of dreams, mm -hmm. and I'd love to at least have audio editions. Yeah. So we're leaning that direction, yeah. um, trying to incorporate that maybe at some point in the future. If you need someone with an accent to do reads, I can try. 
<laughs> I was terrible at reading as a kid, but I can try. Yeah, so, so. I would love to um, expand to your audience and for them to join our readership. Mm-hmm. It's a great place to be. It's a fun project to be a part of, and um, yeah. I'm really happy to be there. Awesome. Well, Julie, thank you so much for your time. Obviously, you're extremely busy. Um, can't wait to hear about um, the birds next time I see you. Can't wait to dive into the magazine, um, even the business issue, the city guide, the full guide that's coming out. It's exciting, and it's great that everybody at 405 just kind of has this collective love for this city and do great writing. Obviously, Greg does awesome work with the food, uh, and a lot of people just come together to create this more multiple publications that give so much value to not only the city, uh, you know, the, the residents of the city, but the guests of the city yeah. as well. Yeah. So, so Mayor Hull gave a speech at one of our events, and he's like, every great city needs mythology and they need somebody writing the first and second draft of the history of the city. Mm-hmm. And so we at 405 Magazine are really privileged to feel like that's exactly what we're doing. Definitely. We'll leave it at that. Thank you so much for coming down for everyone listening. I'll post the links to the stuff that we've mentioned in the podcast. Um, maybe Julie's email if she wants to give it out. Sure. Julie.parton, P-A-R-T-I-N at 405magazine.com. Okay. I love corresponding with readers. Yes, and we'll find you and maybe your story makes it into a magazine article and adds value to the rest of your community. So thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you next episode. Thanks for having me. This podcast is presented by the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, telling Oklahoma stories through its people since 1927. Follow them online at oklahomahof.com and definitely on Instagram at oklahomahof. Thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.